0: Welcome to the Heights Sermon Series podcast, where each week you'll hear a new message that'll help you with your life shaped by the way. Well, good good morning. I want to welcome all of you, those who are here on campus, as well as those who are listening online with us. Thank you for taking the time to be with us. For those of you that don't know, my name is Mike Osborne. I am the executive pastor here at the church. And have been for a lot of years. But uh, more than that, in December, I completed 43 years in full-time gospel ministry. Well, thank you, but part of that just means I'm old. Um, but the reason I share that with you this morning is that as I preach today, I'm going to preach on something that I have never preached on in 43 years of gospel preaching. I'm going to focus in on an individual found in the Old Testament. And in all the 43 years, I've never preached on this individual. In fact, to the best of my knowledge, I can't ever really even remember having mentioned him in a sermon. And I was thinking back over it, and I think I've only read one sermon ever on this man. And yet, having said that, His name is a name that is a part of our culture, a part of our language. It's used in a simile and a comparison whenever you're talking about old age. Now, some of you already know where I'm going with this. You know what name is going to go. I'm going to give you the phrase, and I'm going to leave it blank, and if you know the answer, you shout it out. But if somebody is really... Or very advanced in years, we say he's as old as Methuselah. Methuselah. Wait a minute, somebody in the youth said Pastor Mike. I I heard that. (laughs) Now it's Methuselah. Methuselah is synonymous with old age, and so we have that comparison, that phrase, as old as Methuselah. As I was preparing this message, I couldn't help but remember my mother in law, Mabel. Well, Mabel was probably the queen of mixed metaphors and mixed similes. She, she did not always use them in the way that the rest of the world used them. And one of those examples was Methuselah. Methuselah was her standard bearer, her comparison with anything that she was thinking about. For instance, if she thought somebody was crazy, she would say, well, that person's as crazy as Methuselah. Or that person is as mean as Methuselah. Or that person's as ugly as Methuselah. It didn't matter. Everybody was compared to Methuselah. Now, I don't know if Methuselah was crazy because the Bible doesn't tell us that. And I don't know if Methuselah was mean. Again, Scripture doesn't tell us that. I, I don't know if Methuselah was ugly. History doesn't record that one way or the other. But I do know one thing. Methuselah was old. In fact, the scripture tells us that Methuselah lived to be the oldest person ever in the history of the earth. He lived to the age of 969. Now That's a long life, isn't it? (laughs) And yet I have to tell you that's a possibility that his life actually got cut short. Because if you read scripture, it tells you that when Methuselah was 187 years old, he gave birth to his son Lamech. And then it says when Lamech was 182 years old, he gave birth to his son Noah. That's right, Noah of Ark fame. And then scripture goes on to tell us that Noah was 600 years old when the flood came. So if you add 187, 182, and 600, guess what you come up with? 969 years old. Um, so scripture doesn't tell us how he died or when he died. You know, he, he may have died that same year, but before the flood came. But we have to at least entertain the possibility that if the flood hadn't have come, Methuselah may have lived much longer. Like, Methuselah may have been alive today. Who knows? But he lived to be 969 years old. And that's a pretty good time frame, isn't it? A pretty good span of life. To kind of put it into visual perspective, I want you to think about it. Let's say this is the average lifespan of today, which is more or less 80 years. Now begin to add on to that. So you've got 80, and you've got 160, and you've got 240, and you've got 320, and now you've got 400. And so now let's double that, and we're at 800. So now let's add on another 80 and another 80, and we're at 969. All right, that's Methuselah's lifespan. That's a long time. So in those 969 years, what do we know about him? What have we learned about him? Well, let's turn in Scripture and begin to discover everything we know about him. Turn with me this morning first to Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5, and we're going to begin reading in verse 21. And so it says, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. And thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And when Methuselah had lived 187 years, he fathered Lamech. And Methuselah lived after he fathered Lamech 782 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. All right, now let's see what else we can find as we turn to Well, actually, there's no way else to turn. There are two other verses that mention Methuselah, but that's all they do. It's his name and a long list of other names. It doesn't tell us anything additional about him. So everything we know about Methuselah in his 969 years is in that passage I just read. And so basically, what we know is this. He was born... He had children, and he died. He was born, he had children, and he died. That's it. Now, we do know he lived to a ripe old age of 969. And I don't want to diminish or downplay his age, the length of his life, because, you know, Extending the length of our lives are important to most people. I understand there are people who exercise and diet in order to extend their lives. I might try that one day. (laughs) But no, we exercise, we eat right, we take vitamins, we go to the doctor. All of these things are done in order to extend our lives, to have more years. And Scripture talks about the blessings of long life. In fact, in the Ten Commandments, the one commandment that has a promise with it of honoring your father and your mother means that you will live long in the land. So the Bible commends long life. We, in our culture, in our day and our time, we try to have long life, to extend it as much as we can. But in the midst of all of that, isn't there something in each and every one of us that makes us think there's got to be more to it than just years. There's got to be more to it than just getting older. There's got to be more to it than blowing out birthday candles and listening to a really bad rendition of happy birthday once a year. Our lives need to have purpose. Our lives need To have meaning. God created us that way. He created us to have more in our lives than just that one dimension of length. I mean, Methuselah lived a long, long time. But the only thing we really know about him is that. That he had great length to his life. But God created us to have more than just that one dimension. God created us to have and to live out a full and meaningful life that means it's multidimensional. It's not just length of time, but there's more that needs to be added to it. We need to have width in our lives, and we need to have depth in our lives, and we need to have height in our lives. All of those things are the things that give us meaning and give us purpose. Purpose. I mean, Methuselah was old. In fact, he was as old, well, he was as old as Methuselah. But again, no width, no depth, no height, at least that we have recorded anywhere in Scripture or in history. So as we think about it this morning, to have the kind of life that God created us to have, to experience all that God wants us to experience, We need to add these other dimensions in there. And as we do that, how do we get them? How do we discover them? How do we have them? Well, we find our width in our connections. Our mission statement here at the Heights Baptist is building relationships that connect all people to God-sized life in love. Building relationships that connect people. See, it's in our connections. It's in our investments. It's in our moving beyond ourselves and having a life in the midst of the lives of others that we experience the fullness and the abundance of life as God created us to do. Maybe we need to follow the motto of Edward Hale who said, my goal is to look up and not down, to look forward and not back, to look out and not in, and to always lend a hand. To look up and not down. In Latin, the word we translate man or human is anthropos. It's a word we get anthropology from, the study of man. But if you break down that word into its segments, what it actually means is uplooking one. You and I are created by God to be uplooking ones. That's what distinguishes us from the other creatures. They're down on all fours, down on the ground, looking at the ground. We're intended to be upright because you and I were created in the likeness and the image of God. And we're created with a need in our hearts and in our soul and in our being to look up at God, to look up at him, to seek his face. To know him in a real and a personal way. We need to be uplooking which comes from that connection, that connection with our creator, that connection with our God, that connection with our father. Gives us the ability to see him, to believe in him and to trust him. So to our length of days, we need to add width from our connections and we need to add depth from our Commitment. See, our lives are supposed to have some depth to them. Somebody said the difference between a river and a swamp or a marsh is this, depth. Said a river runs in its channel and it gets deep. A marsh or a swamp spreads out and stays shallow. See, there are far too many of us who live our lives like a marsh... We're miles and miles wide, but we're only one inch deep. And that's not what God intended for his creation. That's not what God intended for his children. Jesus said, whosoever shall save his life will lose it. But whoever will lose his life for my sake will find it. He says, I created you to be individuals who were willing to give your all for the glory of God. And that's what he intends for us. That's the depth of our relationship. That's the depth of our lives. It's in that commitment to him and to his purpose and to his plan that we find true meaning. We find true purpose. We find true abundance. We are to invest, invest in others, invest in the kingdom of God and deepen our lives. And then we also need height, height. And that height comes from our calling. So width comes from our connection, Death comes from, depth comes from our commitment, and height comes from our calling. You know, when you're in church and you talk about calling, a lot of people think about the calling to be in vocational ministry, to be a pastor, to be a preacher. And I believe in that. I believe that 43 over 43 years ago, God issued a call on my life to be in ministry, and I've been trying to fulfill that call for all of these years. But there is more to it than that. That is not the primary thing. That is not the primary call that God issued on my life. See, the primary call came before that. Before we are called to something, we are called to someone. Before we are called to do, we are called to be. The primary calling in our lives is to enter into a relationship with God through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. And that is a call God issues to all of his creation, all of the people on this planet. He said, I would that you would be saved. He reaches out to us with that call, that primary call. See, God calls us to someone himself before he calls us to something, to be a pastor, to be a homemaker, to be a teacher. He calls us to someone before he calls us to something. He calls us to someone before he calls us to some place, before he calls us to serve in this church or to teaching that school or to be on the mission field in India or Africa. First, he calls us to himself. That's the primary call and the rest is the secondary call. And that secondary call happens when you and I answer his specific summons on our lives. And that's why... Not everybody's a preacher and not everybody's a teacher and not everybody's a farmer and not everybody is going to be a mom and raise their kids. Those are the specific secondary calls, but they only matter. They only take importance when we've understood the primary call, the first call from God, when we've established ourselves as his children, when we're walking in his will and his purpose for our lives, when we're seeking to fulfill what he desires for us. Os Guinness says this, Calling is a truth that God calls us to himself so decisively that everything we are and everything we do and everything we have is invested with a special devotion, dynamism, and direction lived out in response to his summons and his service. So our primary call is to be followers of Christ. We're called to that by him, to him and for him. When Jesus called to his disciples. He called them to follow him. But he called them then to more than that. He called them to a, a new peace. A new fellowship. He called them to a new sacrifice, a new service, a new suffering. But more than anything else, he called each and every one of them and each and every one of us who are his children to discipleship. That in everything, everything we think, everything we do, everything we say is devoted to him and to his purpose, which is that we might lead others to Jesus and build them up. To be disciples. That's our call. And that's part of what gives us our dimension. That's part of what gives us our height in our world. Scripture says that Methuselah was born. He had children. And he died. In other words, he made it from point A to point B. Point A, he was born. Point B, he died. And yet, as we look in Scripture, for those 969 years, there seems to be nothing that was notable, nothing of any significance, at least nothing notable enough that God chose to put it into his word. God says, here's what I want you to realize. He he was born, he had children, and he died. Again, the, the tragedy of that is it didn't stop just with Methuselah. We still see it quite a bit today, don't we? If you don't think so, turn to the obituary sometime. Now, some of you are old enough that you read the obituaries regularly. Some of you don't even know what an obituary is. That's, that's a record after somebody dies. But you look, most obituaries, the bottom line says this. He was born this day. Here's his children he died this day. Far too many of us live our lives much like that. But that's not what God intended. God intended for us to have purpose now mean, meaning that comes about from not living just for length, but living for full dimension. So I said, Methuselah, made it from point A to point B. We have friends who are drag racers, which they they get in a very fast car and drive down a straight little track as fast as they can, as hard as they can. But they will tell you that depending on the road and depending on the weather conditions and and several other factors, they tune their car differently. Sometimes they tune their car with the hottest tune-up they can give it and they're going to go down there just as fast as they can and hard as they can. And they're going to try to throw caution to the wind. But sometimes the conditions are such that they're going to scale it back. And they say, the only thing I want to do is get from A to B. I want to go from the starting line to the finish line without wrecking and without killing myself. Methuselah went from the starting line to the finish line without wrecking. But he did nothing else. What does God intend for us? What does God desire for us? You know, there is a movement kind of going around today that says, just be you. And that in and of itself can be a good advice. Part of what some are saying with that is, look, don't let others bully you. Don't let others shame you and make you into something you're not. Be be who you are. And I want to say to you, that is so close to what Scripture says, but so far away. Because what Scripture tells us is we are just to be who we are as a new creation in Christ Jesus. And that's the key. Key word in that is new. We're not supposed to live our lives being who we think we ought to be, who we kind of feel like we ought to be, or who others... We're to be who God has called us and created us to be. We're to live in the newness of life. We're to live in the newness of our fellowship with him. We're live in the newness of the birth we have as a child of God. That's what he calls us to do. Yes, just be you. But be the new you. Be the one who has experienced that primary call of God in his or her life. So that you're now walking in fellowship with him. You're walking in union with him. You think about it. Methuselah had this much life. We've got this much. As far as we can tell from what we have he did very little with this much life other than have children other than be born and die nothing notable nothing significant that God chose to record in his word even though he had this much life what are we going to do with our this much? See, that's the key. In Methuselah's life, we see great length, but no width, no depth, no height. That's what makes our lives significant. That's what makes our lives lives of purpose. Jesus lived an extremely significant life, but he didn't live a long one. But he lived one in which he... lived out those dimensions he lived out the width and the depth and the height and out of that he fulfilled the purpose and the reason God sent him here for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life God sent his son down to earth to die to pay the price for our sins And the significance of Jesus' life is that he did that. He fulfilled that. He accomplished that and he offers it to us as a gift. What are you going to do with your this much life? Or maybe yours is this much life. Or this much life. We don't know. 80s average age span But most of us in this room, the ones of us under 80, don't know whether we're going to make it there. We don't know how long our span is. We know it's not this. But what are we going to do with what we have? How are we going to live our lives in a multidimensional way that makes a pur- uh, serves a purpose and is significant when we're gone? God-sized life and love. That's what he wants for us. It all goes back to him. What are you doing with your life to make those connections? What are you doing with your life to live out that commitment? What are you doing in your life to fulfill that calling? What are you doing for Jesus? Jesus that'll make your life mean something. Let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, and we acknowledge that far too often, Lord, we just run from point A to point B. We just run through our lives, Lord, without taking the time, Lord, to to seek you, to seek your fellowship, to seek your desire and your will for our lives. Father, I know without any doubt there are those in here this morning, those listening online who have never experienced that primary call. They've never accepted that gift of salvation that you have for them. They've never started that walk with you, Lord. And they're trying to live their lives in all kinds of ways, but they're missing out on the keystone. They're missing out on the most important part, a relationship with you. Father, would today be the day That they respond to that call. Would today be the day that they respond to your gift of salvation? And Father, there are others of us here who are living lives that, Lord, just are narrow and shallow and far lower than you intended for them to be. Father, may we be drawn into your power, your presence, and your purpose. Father, may we leave this place today with a desire to serve you, to connect with others, to make a difference, Lord. Father, whatever our need is today, would you speak to us? And would we respond? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.